Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to an online debate, women in the agri-food industry and how cross-gender collaboration impacts a successful transformation of the sector. This event is organized by EIT Food with Euractiv as your media partner. Now, first things first, as always, we want you to get involved, to send in your comments or your questions into our Slido chat page. If you're watching on YouTube or LinkedIn, scan this QR code that you are seeing on your screens and also there is a hashtag 08March for you to use on Slido. Okay so today is of course March 8th and it is International Women's Day so uh, you know wishing every woman out there a happy International Women's Day. It is of course a day for celebration for all of us but importantly it is also a call for action. Now this year the theme is about embracing equity. Equity goes beyond the simple notion of equality. It's about embracing an inclusive world. Women don't just want to contribute to this world. They want to be change makers. Now, according to McKinsey, corporations identified as more diverse and inclusive are 35% more likely to outperform their competitors. Imagine that. Harvard Business Review says diverse companies are 70% more likely to capture new markets and having diverse teams can lead to greater revenues. But only 6.6% of all Fortune 500 companies have women as their CEOs. Women remain underrepresented in both deep tech startups and in investment funds. Now, the agri-food sector that we are, of course, discussing today is crying out for innovation and diverse leadership as it moves towards sustainability. The adoption of agriculture technology or ag tech solutions is also slow in the uptake. Fostering gender inclusion could also help bridge that gap, as well as having a positive impact on things such as food security, nutrition, livelihoods, and of course, sustainability. But the OECD says there is next to no data on the contribution that women play in this sector as entrepreneurs, as workers, as consumers across food systems. And without that data, we aren't aware of their experiences. What we do know, currently less than 30% of EU farms are operated by women and only 35% of agricultural workforces are women. They also have unequal access to land, to education, entrepreneurial and digital skills and a professional network. But gender isn't the only barrier. Many women also face bias because of their race, their sexual orientation or perhaps they have a disability all of which results in even more microaggressions and barriers to their advancement. So what could create an impactful change for this sector and one that really helps women to be seen and heard? What allyship and cross-gender collaboration could men provide to, of course, help bridge this gap and the gender disparity gap? Well, with all of that, Let's ask our panelists. Okay, so sticking with the theme um, of equity and equality, we also have two men joining us. Thank you so much. Um, just shows again that, you know, us women, we do things differently and also fair. Okay, so joining me for this debate, we have Maria Lisa Marisa. She's the director of EIT Food Co-location Centre covering North East Europe. Welcome. We also have Maura Westman. She's a gender specialist European investment bank the EIB, welcome. We also have Miro Hegovic. He's the founding board member at the Lean Startup Croatia. We have Guillermo Kesunete. I'm sorry if I've 
you know, mispronounced your, your surname. Um, she's from Empowering Women Agri-Food, participant from 2021 and the founder um, of a food startup that develops meat alternatives. Welcome to you as well. Last but not least, we have Macht van der Kamp. He's a director of education at EIT Food. Well, listen, Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to have all of you with us um, on this special day um, for women. Um, happy International Women's Day um, to all of you and to our two male allies. Okay, so I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves. Um, so, Maria, over to you first. Um, I hope you can hear me. This is a little bit uh, <laughs> dis disturbing. Yes, we can. Because we're actually, we are kind of like in a box. Anyway, um, very nice to, to be here today and uh, from my part as well, really excellent uh, International Women's Day. Uh, we kind of see that uh, this work is probably something that we definitely need to go on and on and on. Um, I think it is uh, going to be a never-ending story. Um, luckily so, because it means that we will um, have a possibility to strengthen, you know, these bonds between uh, from from kind of a female perspective to men perspective, and um, indeed uh, within EAT food as well, um, we obviously see that inclusive uh, food system is actually extremely important, and uh, we certainly cannot do that without taking into account um, uh, female uh, approach, but equally obviously um, our. Uh, kind of a counterparts of a men. So um, this is really, for me, it's a dialogue and it's never ending dialogue. And this is what we try to do within EAT Food as well. And you mentioned earlier uh, about those uh, tech crunch numbers as well. And uh, when we see that uh, wherever the numbers are sometimes really low, like for example, there's only 28% of female women founders. I think we have to do something about it. And this is indeed one of my um, roles as well within EAT Food, uh, while we are promoting uh, agri-food areas that, you know, focus on this one specifically. Thank you so much. Okay, over to Moa. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you can all hear me. Yes. Uh, so my name is... Great, fantastic. So yeah, happy International Women's Day to, to all. I'm Moa Westman. I work as a gender specialist at the European Investment Bank. Uh, for you, those of you who don't know the bank, the European Investment Bank is the lending arm of the European Union. We are the biggest multilateral financial institution uh, in the world and one of the largest provider of, of climate finance in Europe and, and worldwide. We, of course, believe in gender equality as a fundamental right for all women and girls, men and boys, but also really as a way to improve uh, business performance, financial returns on our investments and uh, to advance progress on a whole range of social, environmental, climate and economic goals and, and outcomes. So this is really at the, at the core of our business. We know, of course, that investments in, in green growth and sustainable agriculture are more needed than, than ever, uh, that climate change, but also political instability is really challenging the sector, agriculture productivity and the resilience of farmers and agribusinesses uh, worldwide. Faced with these challenges, I mean, it's really more important than ever to build inclusive and sustainable and resilient agri-food systems uh, so that we have uh, so that the agriculture sector can perform to its full capacity and, and become more efficient. 
And from what I see, tackling gender gaps around productivity and access to fi finances, but also other type of resources in the sector is really a critical part of that. And as we have heard, I mean, women already play a really important and crucial role in the sector, making up not only a large part of the agriculture workforce, but also producing tons of food and running agribusinesses, both in, in Europe, but also elsewhere. Women are underfunded. Uh, they receive only about 7% of total agriculture investments worldwide. And the European Institute for Gender Equality points out that women in the EU have disproportionately have been disproportionately underrepresented as beneficiaries of different EU payment schemes in the in the sector. So, of course, as a as a bank, we are convinced that uh, women uh, will be instrumental in moving the agri, agri sector forward. Uh, but also that it is important for agribusinesses more broadly to enhance the diversity of leadership teams and workforces and also look at the services and products that that businesses in the sector are producing also through through a gender lens and linking back to uh, to some of the data points that uh, Miriam quoted in her in her initial opening why why that's really so important uh, so therefore, through, through the investments that we do at the European Investment Bank, we aim to, through our partnerships with local banks, funds, uh, and also microfinance institutions, look to finance women entrepreneurs in the sector, but also promote diversity and help our companies and uh, public sector clients to apply a gender lens in our broader agriculture-related investments as, as well. And I'm really looking forward to the to the discussion uh, on these topics later today with the with the panelists and the and the audience. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we will definitely be discussing um, the gender lens investments with you a bit later on. Um, over to Miro. Thank you, Maria. Um, yeah, uh, first of all, uh, happy uh, International Women's Day uh, to all women listening. Uh, last year uh, in, in Croatia, Lean Startup Croatia was uh, an organization that was uh, leading empowering women in agri-food program. Uh, this program is supported by EIT Food and uh, we were organizing it locally. Uh, that uh, gave us opportunity to support uh, 10 very motivated uh, and very ambitious, uh, I would say, young uh, uh, women entrepreneurs who are developing their ideas in different parts of Croatia. Uh, throughout this program, we were able to support um, women entrepreneurs through mentoring, through education, and in the end, some of them um, got very valuable uh, prices, money prices. Um, when we were doing this program, uh, we also involved um, quite a big community of uh, women entrepreneurs that are innovating in agri-food. And then uh, we encounter some of the, I would say, issues that those uh, women are facing as entrepreneurs. That's why I'm very happy to be here today and discuss all those um, issues, uh, all those problems that uh, all uh, these uh, women entrepreneurs are encountering here in Croatia. Thank you so much, and we're happy to have you. Um, Giedre, over to you next. Thank you for having me uh, at this event. I want to congratulate uh, all participants on uh, March 8th. I'm grateful for this discussion where we can talk about equality and equity for men and uh, women, uh, as this is common concern in our society. 
Uh, although in Europe it seems that uh, all genders have equal rights uh, to learn, work or choose their lifestyle, but still we see gaps in salaries and uh, some stereotypes uh, what is better for boys um, or girls. And uh, these are just a few topics uh, that are worth discussing and improving. Uh, I am founder of uh, food tech startup Milgogi, which I created after participation in EIT food uh, program EVA, which stands for Empowering Women in Agri-Food. And during this program, I have seen a real example of equity in action. Therefore, I believe that um, it's a great need to specialize in seeking equal opportunities for all genders. And it's not always enough to be self-confident in kitchen, in garden, or in a university lab. Sometimes we need encouragement to start a business, um, take on leadership role, and uh, use our strengths. And uh, I look forward to discuss these topics today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, finally, uh, Macht. Uh, yeah, good afternoon, everybody, and also uh, for uh, everybody, very happy International Women's Day. We celebrate 50% uh, of the population uh, today. Um, <clears throat> so as director of education, for me, I, my starting point is actually um, really the, the skills and the kind of the roles that are uh, sort of in society and how they're being filled. And I think for me, the, the starting point is really uh, that there are no male or female uh, kind of jobs or anything, um, but it is more that uh, individuals really have particular strengths and skills that we want to sort of leverage in really answering those very big questions that we've got uh, in society. And so for me, a really interesting uh, sort of uh, framework that helps with that is the Entercomp uh, framework that sets out entrepreneurial competency. So the skills to be an effective uh, entrepreneur wherever you find yourself. And thinking about uh, the theme of today, I think I want to pick out three of those uh, skills. The first one is creativity. Um, we're only going to uh, solve the society's problems if we're using the creativity of everybody in uh, sort of finding interesting solutions. And um, this is one where I think it's absolutely essential that we've got um, the, the whole spectrum of different uh, creativity possibilities um, sort of on board to make sure that we get the, the right solutions. The second uh, point is uh, self-awareness and self-efficacy. So this is one where um, it really comes in it, sort of when you understand your own skills, um, you're going to uh, more believe in that you can actually do something. And so it really is about how do we strengthen uh, the entrepreneurial self-efficacy of uh, individuals that want to work on that uh, tr systems transformation. Now, the one thing that uh, we know from research, one of our uh, collaborators uh, that we work with intensively, um, they've done uh, research and it uh, sort of looks as if there's a tendency for uh, women to kind of be more hesitant about uh, their own skill sets, whereas uh, men seem to, or kind of male uh, sort of traits, seem to be more about overestimating your own uh, capabilities. Now, if uh, that is uh, the case, then you would get 
uh, sort of, um, so if you're overconfident about your own skills, yeah, you're going to think that, oh, yes, I can do this, or yes, I can do that. And I think we need to have uh, some of that, uh, sort of, we need to balance that out with people who've got realistic senses of uh, what are their skills. And so we need to mediate that uh, sort of on, on both ends. Um, the final skill for me is one about uh, risk and uncertainty and how you manage that. And um, this is one where, uh, again, um, with ventures that are uh, mostly male-led, uh, they tend to have a sort of very high risk profile also from an investment uh, perspective um, because uh, there there might be higher incidents of uh, risky behavior that are actually going to affect uh, the long-term success of a, of a venture. So this is one where actually having um, female uh, voices and female perspectives actually helps in having more um, sort of balanced risk profiles and uh, something that is then good for the long-term investment strategy. So I'll leave it there, but from a skills perspective, lots of uh, different things to think about. Definitely lots of different things to think about. Um, thank you, all of you. Um, just to let you know, we're getting messages on LinkedIn um, from viewers who are joining us from Belgium, Nigeria, Sri Lanka, Kenya, Hungary and Poland. Um, please do get involved. As always, you know, send in your questions on Slido um, or also, you know, scan the QR code that you're seeing right there on your screens um, on LinkedIn. And don't forget, there is a hashtag for Slido as well, 08 March. Um, OK, brilliant. OK, so just to pick up um, a little bit on what Matt was saying there, um, you used a phrase overconfident of skills. I think for 50% of the population who are women, um, we might be confident of our skills, but 50% of the other population, which is male, seems to be not so confident um, about our skills. Um, you know, so how do we then use this creativity, as Matt was calling about, of everyone? Now, just to kick off with a little bit more um, of stats. Now, the UN's food agriculture organization says that the gender gap in agriculture is one of the most significant worldwide, but rarely documented. Um, you know, those stats that we've all talked about already in introductions, those don't lie. This is a day when we are celebrating, you know, womanhood. Um, but are we going forward or are we going backwards? And I'll put that question first to Maria. Um, I like to always think that we go forward. <laughs> That's like, a, I think maybe a little bit uh, optimistic view as well every now and then. But I, I, I do see that, um, that uh, you know, for me, there's like three things that I particularly look at when we think about like um, fem uh, women in the, in the agri-food area. Uh, there's like, a, indeed, like, a, let's say, building a support system. I think this is really extremely important. Um, and I think, that's where we are certainly getting better. There's much more, uh, let's say even, um, like it's important obviously to have both men and women supporting women uh, to, to basically dare, as you were talking about this confidence, to dare to take a step towards, for example, entrepreneurship. Then there's also like feeling respected as a, uh, let's say, business owner. And this is again, like uh, something related to that building at the same time those competencies that Martin was mentioning about, but then at the same time, and I think once again, there we, there we are getting better, but then also like for women themselves to feel that, look, I created this one. Uh, 
I, I, I have been extremely innovative. I have used all my skills and capabilities to come up with an idea like this and I can go forward. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but I can still make a, make a step forward. And I think this is maybe something that there's a continuous work that is needed in this particular area. And then obviously in this access of funding, I'm not sure if we are actually really uh, getting fast enough. So maybe the acceleration here is extremely important so that, you know, we are just not uh, seeing every year, okay, well, uh, where are we going? But, you know, maybe we should have a, like a rocket uh, acceleration uh, a target and say that, you know, we actually really want to reach the stars and, uh, and get that funding part as well somehow uh, better fixed. And that's where we need to certainly go forward. We're not maybe getting backwards, but mm, certainly not as fast as we should. Okay, um, you know, acceleration, and, and there was there was a key word you used there, respect. Um, respect is obviously important for um, all genders, but Moa, do you think that women have been able to capture um, respect? Yeah, I mean, I think, um... I think I would follow up also on, on Maria's point that you know uh, we are we are moving forward and women hopefully are uh, are seeing more uh, and receiving more more respect in the in the sector. Uh, but I would like to also pick up Miriam on the on the point that you were mentioning in the beginning around the the data and we know that gender gaps in agriculture uh, is significant but rarely documented. But in some cases they are uh, documented and that's where we see also actors taking action and being able to, to accelerate some of the financing that that Maria was was talking about. So for example, we uh, you said FAO uh, has done a lot of work on this and if we look at countries like Malawi and Zambia, they've estimated that the gender gap in agriculture productivity is as high as 28%, that if we would close that, you would see an increase in crop production by more than 7%. Uh, you would lift hundreds of thousands of people out of poverty, and you would have increases in the hundreds of million ranges in, in GDP. So once we have that type of data available, you'd see more and more uh, financial uh, intermediaries like, like banks uh, uh, wanting to do more to close the gender gap. Uh, and then starting to engage more and more with women entrepreneurs, seeing what they can deliver and thereby also, you know, uh, the female entrepreneurs in the sector gaining more respect and showing what they what they can can deliver. Uh, what I find interesting, though, is that uh, there is more and more data and information, at least what I'm seeing on uh, the gender gaps in agriculture and the role of women in the agriculture sector uh, outside of Europe. Uh, but that when it comes to, to inside the, the European context, uh, there is still quite a lot of, of, of data gaps. So we know, of course, that there are some, some similarities in between, like women managing significantly smaller farms than men or managing less specialized farms, having higher barriers to, to access finance or being less represented in leadership positions. But at least from what I'm seeing, there's, uh, there's less of a movement happening uh, inside of Europe as compared to, to outside in the, in the agri-sector. Uh, so it would be really interesting to, to, to have a discussion around why, why that might be. Uh, no, just, 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 in, in terms just, just to follow up, um, you know, we know how important data is universally now um, in the world that we're living with. Data can tell us so much. Why is it historically in this sector 
there just hasn't, I mean, hasn't been the data that you would expect. I know that you talked about that there is perhaps, you know, it's less of a gloomy picture um, than perhaps I was um, painting. You say that there is some data out there, but why historically has this sector been slow, um, so slow to, to, to have an uptake of data? Mm. I'm not sure if this sector has been slower than, than other sectors. I think in general, we are seeing, you know, the need for more sex disaggregated and gender analytics uh, across, across different sectors. Um, my question is more, why has it been slower in the, uh, in the agriculture sector within an EU context as compared to outside of the EU where you have FAO, you have CGR, uh, some of these uh, big international research organizations that have done a lot of work outside. I don't have the answer why, you know, why it hasn't been looked at to the same extent in the, in the EU, but maybe some of the other panelists uh, do. Um, Giedre, I'm, I'm going to come to you because I know that you have a food startup. Um, so, and if Moa doesn't mind me using um, the example um, of an EIB report that she co-authored, um, it had me laugh a little bit. And I'll tell you why, um, if, if Moa doesn't mind. It sort of imagines a world where women can affect change. And, and, and what I was reading was, um, to take a quote from it, it said, sidewalks would be wider to make it easier to move around with strollers. More streetlights would help keep everyone safe walking at night. Affordable, accessible and secure public transport solutions would likely accommodate shorter trips and ensure last mile connectivity. I mean, you know, when, when, when you hear that from this report, um, it is quite fascinating because if, you know, women were included more in decision-making, um, we would see things a lot more differently in our world. Um, Giedre, so, you know, as a kind of business owner, as, 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 you know, as an owner of a food startup, um, what do you make of the world that you sort of currently occupy? So I think it sounds like it would be more comfortable for, for us if women would have more power to make decisions. So, and uh, me, myself, um, I, I understand that this agri-food agri uh, sector is historically occupied, uh, like dominated by men, but uh, I think that women, we, we shouldn't uh, um, uh, seek or reach the same uh, style of work because sometimes maybe we have other... Um, other traits and uh, we solve problems in a different way so we should uh, empower ourselves and we should use our strengths in the same sector and this diversity then could bring much uh, bigger benefits when collaborating and uh, not uh, like competing who should uh, take bigger part or decision making in this sector so i think that, uh, I think that's that's I think that's a really important um, point to make. And I think that was something that Macht was also talking about that women have um, different strengths as well. But um, Giedre, just 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 to um, you know keep talking about your experience, um, you also participated, I believe, in acceleration programs that were specifically targeting um, um, you know women. What would you say are the main differences in these kind of programs, and how much do they then empower women to be a part of the process and a part of this sector? Yes, yeah, so I have participated uh, in uh, women-oriented uh, accelerator and uh, in other accelerators. So um, I, I think in this 
empowering women in agri-food program, it was um, more uh, mentors, more uh, female mentors who could uh, see the sector from their experience uh, and uh, not in general, not to share general knowledge or general experience like like chemistry is chemistry, mathematics is mathematics, but uh, uh, taking like uh, solutions are might be uh, much more creative than like separate um, fields. So uh, I think uh, these uh, general accelerators for women uh, founders and men founders, they are more generalized. And uh, there is no such uh, uh, subtle, uh, I would say, subtle uh, knowledge uh, given. Just uh, usual business, uh, uh, like business things. So uh, that's why I mentioned that this uh, spe specific, specialized accelerator accelerators. Uh, I, uh, especially for women who are not so brave to start business, it's uh, a lot valuable, much more valuable than, than usual. And so how would you say that you run your business? How is it perhaps different? So this is my like first business. So it, I do not know how I would run the business if, if the founder would be man, but uh, mm, I myself, I am uh, too much, I think, overthinker. I am uh, careful. <laughs> so uh, this uh, running of business sometimes needs diversity because I do not take so much risk. So maybe I think uh, about decisions more carefully <laughs> and uh, maybe, you know, uh, it may might take longer time, but uh, the results might be, I, I should be, might be sure about the results. So maybe that would be a different style of business uh, when a woman is founder. Wonderful. Um, and Mark, you, you of course were, were, were speaking in your introduction about the creativity. Um, how do we tap into the creativity of women for agri-food sectors? Um, yeah, so I think the, for me, one of the things that uh, springs to mind and it connects with uh, some of the, the earlier points uh, made, um, we're working very closely with Shima Barakat of the University of uh, Cambridge and her starting point is um, change the system, don't change the women. So it really is about actually we need to uh, sort of rethink about the, the systems and how we uh, shape society in order for uh, the kind of uh, women to be able to participate, to bring in their creativity and for that to be uh, sort of really recognized. And one of the things that for me is um, something that, that really gets my hackles up uh, in this is there's this um, Harvard Business Review study that uh, was conducted where um, sort of people were put in front of investors with exactly the same pitch, um, one um, sort of young men and the other young women. And the investors were coming back with feedback for uh, the men about, okay, well, they, they are a promising uh, kind of uh, people, whereas the women were sort of described as uh, being um, young, inexperienced, and um, sort of still a lot to learn kind of thing and it's that kind of uh thing that there there are a lot of 
institutional barriers that we need to overcome in some way. And I think this is one uh, sort of getting that creativity uh, in is going to uh, require having some of those institutional barriers coming um, sort of that we break them down. But I think it also requires that creativity to actually think about, well, what are those barriers and what are the creative ways to, to break them down? So I think there's a there's a dual kind of component there to the to the creativity um, question. And this is something where um, I think uh, this is this is the responsibility of us all. This is not something that is purely a women-led uh, responsibility to to change uh, everything. This is something where um, everybody has this uh, sort of responsibility and, and so also an invitation to help rethink how we do things so that uh, that creativity can come to the fore much more prominently. So Miro, um, do you see anything then, just to pick up um, on what Macht was talking about then, do you see anything um, that sort of bothers you, any bias against women in this sector? What sort of examples can you perhaps give or experiences that you sort of observed? Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with uh, Martin in, in one thing. It's, it is that uh, it's not uh, to change the women, but the, but, uh, the system. And uh, the one thing that I see that's uh, uh, the most challenging, uh, that we don't have enough women in, in, in the programs. So, for example, I can uh, share you <clears throat> one story. Um, this is a story about uh, our program that we had in one small city. Uh, here in Croatia, and in this program, we had the nine teams in pre-acceleration. Four of them were women-led, and there is there was one specific team led by two women, by two women. Um, there was just uh, student, students starting the business, and uh, just to spoil the story, they won the competition, and uh, at the end, they won because uh, they invested uh, the most time. Uh, into discovering about customers, discovering about the problems. And I wouldn't say they, they were less creative than men, or the men were less creative, but uh, these women invested all their time, all their uh, effort into bringing this business uh, up. So uh, when we have this kind of program programs where we have women and men together, uh, I see women more motivated in, in the program. So. I would say that barriers are not in, in, in the programs itself, but before those programs. So we need to have the funnel, uh, which will bring more women into this kind of the programs. And when the women are in, in the program, uh, they, they, they can uh, uh, be uh, equal uh, with uh, all their uh, men counterparts, because they are, and uh, they are even uh, better in those programs. Than, than men are, at least from our experience, based on all those programs that we were running in Croatia. Okay, and Maria, um, we've been talking about, you know, these, um, you know, sort of female empowering programs. So talk to us a little bit then about, you know, your program, the Empowering Women in Agri-Food program. Um, what, is, what is the experience like for women? And perhaps, you know, there will be women watching this who, you know, are involved with the, with the sector. Um, how would you pitch them to get involved with it? <laughs> well, I would, I would definitely say that uh, the ever so empowering women in agriculture uh, is actually one of the really, uh, if I can say, it, like absolutely excellent and uh, and uh, really encouraging program. And uh, 
I, I would only say that maybe one pitching there is good is that we have even some men who have uh, approached us and asked that could they also take part in this program. So I think this is a good pitching uh, overall and uh, that would definitely uh, bring uh, things uh, further. But I would uh, just before maybe continuing with the small pitch there is that um, it's really important indeed that uh, even though men cannot uh, join this program, uh, at least not for the moment, uh, but they do take part in this program. Otherwise, they are mentors, as uh, Mira was mentioning, trainers and also project implementers. And I think it's really important that once again, it is not something that women are in their own corner doing their own thing on their own. But it is really about, you know, yes, the focus has to be in women there because this is where we need to get acceleration happening but then we do need the support uh, of um, of uh, both so also men in this program to not to say that okay these are the experts but say that okay look we support we believe in it as Mira was saying and uh, in a way also like uh, breaking those barriers to say that look this is how far we can go and this is how far we go together and uh, I think this is equally important to 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 remember and uh, this kind of like a special focus for women programs. Um, once again, you know, it's really needed. So I think uh, this is one of the things that I really want to stress out that we need more uh, programs where we can actually empower women in whether it is in the funding, whether it is in the entrepreneurship, whether it is in creativity, in innovation. I think it's really, really important. But then once again, Let's not do it on our own, in our own corner, but let's do it together. Indeed. Um, and Mira, I believe that you do work together. I mean, you've been part of this program as well. Yep. I so was, uh, so, like? yep. So Windsor Croatia was running uh, Empowering Women, uh, Empowering uh, Women in Agri-Food program in Croatia. And uh, so at, at the very beginning, uh, first of all, what we didn't expect was so many applicants. So we had 50 plus applicants from different parts of Croatia. So we were running different programs and none of those uh, uh, was uh, so popular among uh, particular target groups. Um, so that was the first thing. And then it was hard time to uh, take at just 10 of them in, in the program. Um, so we were quite kind of sad because we could support only 10 of them. But during the program, uh, what we have noticed is that uh, uh, the participants itself, themselves, they started to connect. So at the end, we had uh, also uh, friendships being made uh, uh, with all those uh, participants. And I know that some of them even started some projects uh, together. Um, we, we also didn't want just to have uh, women entrepreneurs as mentors to uh, participants who were women. Uh, we wanted to include men just because I think this uh, gender um, uh, equity and equality is not just a women's issue, it's a human issue, it's, it uh, concerns all of us. So uh, I would say that um, the program was full of empathy. None of those programs that we had before was uh, so full uh, of uh, empathy in, in, in the program but at the end um, some of those teams were really approved that the, the great progress just because they were matched with the right mentors and uh, they were very grateful at, at the end uh, to uh, having this opportunity uh, and and the winning team 
and and the second the, the team that took the second place at the very beginning uh they were having just uh, one 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 idea what to do but working with the mentor for six months it totally changed their business and it, it made them uh, believe that they can uh, uh won the game uh, even they didn't believe it but they mentored it and uh, they listened to him to her and uh, at the end uh, they, they won the game so it was really a um, great experience working uh, with 10 women teams uh, but in the future i i, I agree what uh, uh, maria said uh, uh, i think uh, uh, there should be also more programs which uh, would support uh, both women and men uh, in in the same uh, in the same program Fantastic. Um, it definitely is a, is, is a human issue, uh, Miro. And Maria, you know, having these men as mentors, I mean, it is so important because you have to learn, you know, perhaps to say from the best, but from the people that are doing well um, in this sector, in this industry, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, the mentoring uh, per se, I, I, I think there's also another element um in the mentoring that is really um important it's listening and it's about like understanding what the other party is saying and uh, this is where obviously um you know i'm not saying that all the men are only there to provide answers right away because there are uh, obviously excellent uh, listeners and uh, we have been probably really lucky of um, uh, throughout our program to have really great mentors who have uh, been listening, what are the challenges, and therefore trying to build those solutions together. So not like, uh, okay, let me provide you a couple of solutions here and and uh, then you'll be fine. I think one of the, the really the most important um, qualities, human qualities overall, and when we talk about any kind of achievements or learning new skills or going forward is actually the capability to being able to listen then also being able to basically encourage to find the, the solutions. And um, just maybe uh, one thing um, when we when I mentioned that indeed we should definitely have even more programs. And obviously Eva is one of the programs what ET Food is um, where ET Food is running specifically looking at the women and uh, and um, in the agri food sector. But we also have lead, we lead food and or women lead food in a way, W-E, so it's a very nice way of putting this one. And uh, there as well, um, there are really great uh, um, couple of years of a, a excellent uh, group of uh, women who take part in this one. So check it out and um, obviously apply if this is really something uh, of interest for you. So yeah, um, great things. Okay, um, and Giedre, you also wanted to add in here as well, I believe. Yes, I can witness the benefits of EVA program because uh, sometimes, uh, especially young uh, and uh, young students, uh, girls students, they uh, they are not brave to start business. So, and when there is program oriented to women, so you know that it is safe program. Like you can you can learn. It's okay that you will uh, not know everything, but you have idea. You have your solution. You your your like. Um, way how you want to 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 do to develop this idea and the, the this ever program is the first like way to uh, try yourself and it's very like beneficial good for young ent entrepreneurs 
Yeah, brilliant. Um, and Mark, do you also want to talk um, about um, these programs? Yes. So, um, so, uh, and this is a good one, Gitra, uh, that it's sort of starting with uh, Eva. Um, and then, so sort of what we need to think about is uh, more diverse uh, programs where actually people that come uh, that have uh, particular needs that we can actually uh, sort of work on uh, those skills developments and but also the network building and so this is one where uh, actually we lead food and Eva both are very strong uh, in building a network that also persists post intervention so um, rather than it just being a simple kind of training program and you go on and you live your life the explicit purpose is to build a strong and resilient uh, network, um, not necessarily for mentoring, but for championing and for sort of spurring each other on and to uh, actually being that supportive network of uh, people that believe in um, kind of what, what the change agenda is and uh, to make sure actually that uh, the, there is the support wherever uh, required. And I think uh, this is then also the link uh, that is uh, coming towards, uh, say, for example, finance. Um, so we've had a couple of uh, people coming through the various programs, either starting up businesses or identifying uh, new possibilities, new collaborators uh, to do exciting new things as a result of these uh, kind of programs, but also to find investors uh, in those. But I think uh, Moa is uh, able to talk a lot more about that in, in detail. She is indeed. Um, and Mark, I've got to say, you know, you're talking about, you know, a female network or women to have a network, you know, of all genders. I mean, you know, it's a, yeah, brilliant. Just thank you for saying that as well. I think all the women um, out there are saying yes to you right now. That's brilliant. Um, okay, Samoa so then, you know, we, 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 we've talked about these programs and networks and all of these kind of things, but let's come to the finance then. Is gender-based support or investment something that member states need to focus um, on better, um, especially when we're looking at things um, like startups to perhaps encourage women. And there's also um, another stat that I found. Um, it's from Eurostat that says only 4.2% of female farmers are also under 35. So could this you know, gender-based support also help younger generations get more involved in this sector? Yeah, no, totally. It, it could definitely also tackle the, the youth dimension and just to link back to the to the programming. So this type of empowerment programming to prepare women in the sector to to be ready and to have good business models is, is key. So what we are trying to do is to make sure that when uh, uh, that women in the sector also then have access to to the financing that's that's needed. I mean, we know uh, that uh, women-led uh, businesses worldwide, there is a financing gap of 300 billion, that 70% of women-owned and small and medium enterprises have in inadequate access to, to finance and, and to credit, and that the agriculture sector is not, you know, is not an exception of, uh, from that. So what do we do? We try to partner with, uh, with local banks and with funds and to set up dedicated credit lines uh, for, uh, for women entrepreneurs. 
so just last year in, in December, we signed a 150 million euro loan with Credit, Credit Agricole in, in France, where we have agreed that a minimum uh, of a third of that loan will be dedicated to women entrepreneurs and to women-led businesses uh, in the sector. So this credit line focuses primarily on, on France, but will also have an outreach to, to other countries across, across Europe. And we have had similar experiences also outside of Europe for, for a few years. I mentioned Zambia and Malawi already. We have had a program running there uh, for the last two, three years where we, uh, like the, the other participants on the call, have focused on building the capacity and building networks and peer-to-peer -peer groups among women within the uh, within the sectors, but matching that also with dedicated credit lines for from the local banks. So we have a partnership with Ecobank Malawi, with First Capital Bank in Malawi and Sanaku in, in Zambia, and they are dedicating you know, a proportion of the loans that we provide to them to women entrepreneurs in the sector. And more than that, it's also about looking at what type of finance offer is really catering to, to women's needs. Uh, in the agriculture sector, it might be um, you have to look at lowering, lowering the collateral um, the collateral needs or uh, tailoring not only providing the financial service but also the technical and the peer network. It's really important for women to feel also uh, comfortable enough to take on that financing. Uh, many women are, or what we see, are, are hesitant to take up credit. They want to retain the control. Uh, they are not so sure how the loan conditions will work for them. So it's also important for, for banks and financial institutions to understand the women's market and what are their needs and to create uh, financial products also that, that caters to that. And Moe, is, there, is that information on that financial support for women readily available? Where so can we, they go to I mean, find we, it? Sure. So in general, we, I mean, we publish all of our investments and kind of key information around it on, on, on our websites. Uh, but then, of course, it is with our partner banks. So one would have to then, uh, you know, get uh, get information and get access from the from the partner banks that we that we work in, uh, that we work with. Um, so in France, this, this loan have, have just been signed. Uh, but for example, in Malawi and Zambia, where we have been working for a little bit longer in the in the agri-space with a woman's uh, lens, we have also made uh, extra efforts to make sure that there is outreach. So uh, last year, we organized about four uh, women in business pitch night with a focus on the agri-sector to both promote the, you know, the, the credit line to raise awareness that it is there, but also for women businesses to come there and, and pitch and get, you know, having a direct conversation with the, with the banks that we are cooperating with. So there are different ways to, to market and to make sure that the, that the information gets, gets out there as well. And so that network that women need to be a part of is also um, hugely important to what you're saying. OK, we're going to break away just to see some of the questions um, that the audience have for all of you panellists. Um, Marta, I'm going to come to you first. Um, Clive asks, is the issue really down to how the education system works? Um, oh, uh, that's an interesting one. Um, part and part. I think no educator would uh, sort of um kind of sort of agree that uh sort of this is built into the system every educator is going to want to create equal opportunities for uh, boys and girls uh men and women um all alike i think um there is 
something though that sort of still with societal uh, role expectations that is uh, sort of uh, playing quite a big role. So there are boys' girls uh, roles and there are girl roles. Um, I think that's uh, one part of it, and uh, I think it is also something that uh, if you look at, for example, STEM subjects where um, sort of girls who like uh, maths might uh, actually be looked at in a in a strange way or uh, if they're not good at maths then uh, that's fine because they're a girl and that i think is uh, more of uh, so there are some of those uh, structural problems but then uh, other than that i think it is more about actually to what extent do we give um, people the freedom to develop in their own directions um to what extent do we have uh, those societal expectations uh, still about uh, what uh, what is happening? What's happening to career development, uh, particularly um, around uh, young women that are coming into um, their their career path and and looking at career progression? So I don't think it is uh, necessarily down to the education system, but what I would say is that actually the education system can play a major role in overcoming some of these challenges, and I think that is more uh, kind of the the question that for me is an interesting one is how do we turn sort of the skill development that is going on anyway how do we turn that in a way to also challenge some of those uh, more systemic kind of uh, aspects of of how society at the moment uh, unfortunately still operates well let me sort of add in on 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 clive the viewers um question then uh, Macht. Um, if we are talking about education, and, and, and you said it quite brilliantly there about you know freedom of the right of people to be able to choose um, what to learn or what's, uh, you know, um, what they want to go into. Do you think perhaps also in rural communities, their curriculums, what they teach, um, the trainings that they give, they need to be more um, focused towards those communities that obviously have a massive input in this sector? So the, um, the rural dimension certainly comes uh, into play uh, into this. And it is uh, one of those things where in, indeed you also have to uh, look at, well, where are uh, job opportunities? What do those job opportunities uh, look like? So there is a segment of, uh, of the food system where uh, women uh, have do a lot of trading um, in small businesses uh, that are sort of catering to a very specific uh, need um, in terms of uh, particular kind of uh, services. But generally, uh, so well, often these get combined with uh, childcare uh, or they need to be fit, uh, fitted around childcare uh, because the infrastructure uh, just isn't there or um, that uh, in, a, in a way the, the local or the kind of the rural economy is just not supporting other types of uh, venturing. And I think that is one where, um, again, it is we need to have that uh, sort of a sharp focus on that to really understand, uh, well, where do we have uh, sort of uh, skill possibilities? Where do we have skill gaps in the future and how are we going to fit that in? So. Um, one uh, key statistic, if if you look at um, the sort of uh, vets, uh, so veterinary doctors going around, the vast majority is actually uh, close to retirement age and is uh, not able to service uh, big areas anymore. So, but that might be difficult to combine uh, sort of, uh, running a vet practice with if you also need to do uh, kind of the household and, and everything around it. So. 
we need to then have more of a conversation about well what uh, how do we think about uh, part-time work how do we think about um, actually being able to respond to particular kind of uh, needs that are happening in rural areas and uh, sort of address those uh, there I think this is a bit of a woolly uh, answer I'm listening to myself but I think uh, there is um, a role here for all actors uh, to come together. This is something that a policy needs to get involved, training agencies need to get involved, um, women themselves, but also the, the ecosystems, fi finance needs to get involved to see how do we rebuild uh, rural infrastructures um, to address those needs. Okay, um, Moa, I think um, this next question um, should be for you. It's from Carmen from the Investment Bank. Um, might the panelists have any information on whether women are more likely to be, to contribute and support more sustainable agriculture practices when compared to men? Do you have any data on that? Um, yeah, sure. So, I mean, broadly, we know that uh, women tend to start up uh, more sustainable, uh, sustainable businesses, women entrepreneurs. We can see, for example, companies with with gender diverse boards are also much more likely than those without uh, greater gender diversity to reduce the intensity of of energy consumption, of greenhouse gas emissions, but also of of water use, which is also very important in the in the agriculture uh, sector. Uh, I mean, there's now more and more data on women-led firms achieving higher environmental, social, and and governance scores across um, across different type of of metrics, and also, for example, that banks run by by women tend to lend uh, uh, less to to big polluters. Um, if we look in the broader kind of forestry space as well, you have a lot of. Uh, information and data on both the, the gender angle, but also broader aspects of of, um, of social inclusion. So if you look at indigenous populations and their contribution to managing forests and agricultural land more more sustainably. So surely there is a there is a link also between, you know, sustainable agriculture the, um, and more diversity in the in the sector. Okay, um, Maria, a question for you then. Um, there's a 2022 New European Innovation Agenda. Um, you know, we have these, I mean, obviously there are many policies. The EU also have a rural action plan. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of policy that says it supports, um, you know, women in this sector. But do you think, you know, the kind of legislation that is out there is a good enough blueprint um, for the future as well. You know, in, in uh, when we talk about like policies, you know, that often they come after there's a movement. So often movements are first and then the policies come after. So uh, we should not confuse that it is uh, vice versa, it isn't. So, but uh, nevertheless, policies are extremely important because they uh, basically then frame, uh, build the framework as we know, um, in, in uh, for example, even in innovation agenda to go uh, further and also like, let's let's say put the point where it's really needed to say that, okay, you th the focus needs to be here and uh, it needs to be these barriers that we need to live together and we have to see then what is uh, on the other side of these barriers or if we lift them, then indeed the so society will be much more um, inclusive it's also going to benefit us, uh, not only socially, but also economically. 
And so this is where these policies are extremely important. But it is not to see that these policies are going to make it. They basically lead the make a space uh, in these areas. But often the movements are there to actually make it really happen. And uh, one of the things um, I just want to add here on, on this uh, idea that, you know, how the society and, uh, you know, we need to kind of have an absolutely completely different way of looking at the things. I think it is Commissioner Gabriel who's uh, initiating this kind of a startup uh, village uh, initiative, uh, where basically the idea is that, you know, could we see also like rural areas as a source of a uh, entrepreneurs and, and, and startups and, uh, you know, could there also like be something that is uh, needed, even though we are not in the urban area, but uh, so we see it really from the different angle with the different lenses and uh, um, innovation agenda um, indeed uh, is there to, to pave the way, if I may say it like this, and uh, it, it should be seen as something of a framework. It's a, it's a defined, desired, uh, state where we should be heading at and I think that we all need to make sure that uh, we lift those barriers so that we can achieve these things. And Miro, um, you know, your thoughts on whether EU policy is doing enough, but specifically, does it do enough to encourage all genders um, to move towards entrepreneurship, to be innovative? What have you found? What's your experience of that? Yeah, I would say that um, there are good steps uh, made, and uh, especially if uh, those policies are going to be followed by actions. Uh, in actions, I also mean uh, actions in financing. So if we um, <clears throat> will allow more finances for women-led startups for uh, programs that are uh, especially for women, uh, I think uh, then uh, we are uh, able to lower the barrier uh, for women to enter into the into the business and when uh, this barrier is lower we'll have more women going into business and at the end i don't think there is a problem that uh, uh, women are not uh, successful in entrepreneurship but that we don't have enough uh, women trying to go into this business and I, I believe this is just because of this barrier it takes more time at least from uh, my experience since we have run um, uh, many different programs in Croatia. And when women decide to go in, into the program, they really made this decision and they are all in into the program. But it took them longer to decide to apply for the program than uh, it would take men. So I think with uh, uh, all those policies followed by action, and in action I also mean following by Finance instrument, financing instruments that could support uh, women that would lower the barrier, enters barrier for women into entrepreneurship. And then I think this could lead to uh, potentially having uh, more women uh, entrepreneurs and then we have diversity and uh, uh, diversity in, in this area. And there definitely are, you know, so many tools available, so many opportunities for diversity um, that you talk about for equity in this sector. Um, but Moa, let me come to you on this one. Um, you know, we're living in a world where, um, you know, life is really hard for everyone. There's economic downturn. Um, and we know that during these economic downturns, women are actually hit harder than men. Um, I think the food security gender gap grew bigger in the COVID-19 pandemic. Also in the COVID-19 pandemic, more women found themselves 
out of work than men. Is society just set up for women to be disadvantaged? And I think it's really it's really true what we saw during COVID, right? And it links back to also some of the points that Martin was making around care. So during COVID, we saw, you know, childcare facilities getting closed down, elderly care facilities being, uh, you know, maybe maybe more limited. So just the um, the the unpaid care work of women were were uh, were increasing, and we saw uh, women being harder hit by the by the whole pandemic. We saw that the the gap in 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 job rates um, between women and men really increased after after COVID. Uh, women was had a fifteen percent uh, job gap as compared to men ten point five percent unemployment rate uh, in the in the EU, for example. So there's a lot of those uh, structural challenges that uh, that is really deep rooted, and it's rooted in you know the the gender norms and the power relations that we uh, that still exist, and that really requires this more systematic uh, shift and different type of partners to to tackle it. So financing is of course uh, one part of it, and the education is one part of it, but then also making sure that we have. Uh, some of these uh, infrastructures in, in place. So investing more also in the care economy, uh, seeing how we can invest more in, in rural areas as, as well to try to, to bridge uh, some, of those, uh, some of those gaps and kind of reset, uh, reset the balance and, and build back better so that the starting position is not at a, at a disadvantaged stage. You know, bringing up working mums or women with children is a really important point because, you know, once women obviously get to the table, um, you know, if they do decide to start a family, we all know whether it's, you know, agri-food or any sector, um, things just, you know, working life gets a little bit harder. There's lots more to do. And obviously childcare itself is hugely expensive. So, Maria, what provisions can be made in this sector to encourage women to get back to work after they've decided to start a family as well. Uh, was that for me, yeah, the question? That was um, for you, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I think that um, uh, obviously, I mean, as Mo was really putting it so well, I mean, there's uh, obviously a lot of things that are still um, in the way how we, how we basically see it and uh, uh, the, the society and uh, the les mœurs, as we say in French, you know, the habits and attitudes and behavior obviously is sometimes really complicated to, to change. Uh, but, uh, uh, well, I do see, though, that, uh, uh, that uh, women do need to uh, get back into, into work and they need to be uh, encouraged. And obviously, I mean, the society has a, and governments has a very strong role in making sure that uh, the support um, is there so that they they actually really can go back and uh, do things what is really needed. So uh, I'm looking at uh, you know in 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 that direction uh, over there because without that support it is really complicated though to to make it happen. Indeed, um, and Marta, I'll come to you for this, but perhaps Maria might want to add in as well. There's a question from Helen, um, and she says, is there a plan for expansion of this scheme to more countries in Africa as women as the spearheads in rural farming and food development? Perhaps that is a question for Maria, um, or I'll, I'll, I don't know. Um, I'll leave it to you guys to decide who wants to pitch in there, or perhaps both of you, Marta. <laughs> 
Oh, I am smiling. I uh, love the idea and I would love to uh, explore how we can actually do this because I think I mean, for us, of course, as EAT Food, our starting point is, uh, is in Europe. But um, the challenges that we're talking about are absolutely global. And uh, I mean, uh, food security is an absolute, with climate change hitting more and more, it is going to be more of an, uh, an issue all the way through. So, uh, and it, it's truly a global uh, phenomenon. And if we don't solve uh, it for the whole of the world, um, well, th I think that would uh, challenge us very badly on um, the equity and uh, principle in the first place. But the other thing is that actually it really is uh, part of our our human responsibility to to think this through. So I would love to have that conversation. So if you uh, after the session you want to find me on LinkedIn and connect, um, I'd be very happy to uh, see how we could uh, collaborate. What might be the possibilities to to trial this in, uh, in sort of in Africa? And, but also other parts of the world uh, to see how we can enhance that impact with the, the learnings that we've got. Wonderful. And I hope that everyone um, has noted that as well. Um, okay, so Miro um, and Gedra, I'm gonna ask this question to both of you. Uh, Miro, you can go first. Um, and it's about a question from Louise, and he talks about um, personalities. Um, he says, in terms of equity, I see sometimes the tendency of bringing people or women to the type A personality, achievement-oriented, competitive, fast-paced. Is this in line with improving equity or do we need to make room in power positions for other personalities? I mean, what I would also add to Louise is the whole point um, of days um, where we are you know, talking about equity and highlighting um, women is that this is about all women, all personalities. Uh, isn't that true, Miro? Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. We have, we have seen uh, different personalities coming to, to events. So as uh, Luis explained, that the type, type, type A personalities, so high achievers, the, the ones that, that, that are very competitive, but also we have seen um, uh, people for, for uh, and especially women who are very shy, uh, uh, very introverts. Uh, and then uh, when they uh, had, a, had a stage, had a support, had a right support, they, they blossom. So they were uh, one of the best uh, uh, participants. And at the end, they were successful in entrepreneurship because they got right tools, which focused them on the right things in business. And that's a focus on a customer. So uh, how to create a value for your customers, you can get value back uh, from the market. And I, I don't think it, decide, it, it depends about uh, uh, type of the person. Um, those that are type A, so uh, more, uh, how, how do you say, more um, uh, publicly uh, active uh, and uh, eloquently, uh, eloquent, uh, so uh, they uh, get more attention, but it doesn't mean that they are able to create more value for the final customer. And I think in business, this is the most important thing that we solve real uh, world problems um, and then uh, create a value out of uh, solving those problems for the business. So, yeah, that's my, my answer in short. Indeed. Um, and Giedre, this is really about, um, I hear what the, you know, the the viewer's question is, but this is really about an inclusive environment. Women are different. 
<laughs> yes, I totally agree with with Miro and with the uh, with the person who was asking that uh, we shouldn't go to compete with the type uh, type A personality. <laughs> we should collaborate, and uh, if uh, like men are more like competitive or aggressive or they are uh, taking risks, and uh, if some woman might be like not. Uh, a type and uh, it doesn't matter that they cannot be perfect uh, uh, startup founders so um, i think we should collaborate and this diversity with strong person and and uh, not strong person <laughs> so it should work so i think uh, we are going to this direction Exactly. And the whole thing is, you know, women like to collaborate. We don't necessarily like to compete. Um, so please do keep that in mind as well. Um, OK, so we are running out of time, panellists. Um, I'm going to ask you to give your final comments or thoughts, but also framed within this question as to what you see the future um, of this sector, the agri-food sector. Can you see it one day being far more inclusive than it is currently? Maria. Yes, I, I do. Uh, first of all, I see uh, agri-food sector as a whole um, having much more of uh, attention. I mean, obviously due to this really unfortunate crisis, um, whether it is uh, whether it is um, COVID uh, or um, uh, war in Ukraine, and um, you know, at, at the same time, I think that uh, agri-food area per se is really um, probably. Um, let's say, having more of a notion that food is actually really important. And uh, therefore, as well, um, I think that it goes back to those who are actually there working for in this field. And obviously, there's, there is actually a lot of women already in this area. And uh, I would think that uh, we will need to transform, and this is why EAT Food also exists, is that we are transforming the agri-food uh, system together. And so, um, this is also where we see that uh, through this, uh, uh, the transformation will require innovation from everybody and uh, particularly also of women. And I am really sure that uh, uh, through those kind of like uh, multiple lenses, multiple ways of uh, looking at these, uh, these issues, we will find solutions that is going to not only make uh, the, the situation of women in agri-food sector better, but actually the whole agri-food sector uh, much better for the future and future-proof uh, for people and for the environment. This is how I see it. Indeed. And Moa, how do you see it? Yeah, no, I'm also I'm also optimistic from where I sit. I see a lot more interest uh, among financial institutions to invest with a women lens, uh, a greater understanding why it makes sense to back women entrepreneurs, um, and especially in the in the agriculture space. Uh, we are definitely doubling down on our uh, investments and support through banks and funds to be more dedicated towards women entrepreneurs uh, more broadly, but also in the in the agriculture sector. And I think every year we see more and more uh, of these type of dedicated credit line in support of uh, of women in the in the sector. So that's a great uh, starting point. Uh, I think we are also seeing much more focus on the um, 
quality jobs aspect, which is also an important part for the for the sector. So not only around you know what are the opportunities to retain and promote women in the in in agribusinesses, uh, but also how to how to recruit better. So that could be anything from what we have been talking about today. You know, providing childcare facilities as part of your you know your employment offer. Uh, and we see more of these creative solutions to to also create better quality job opportunities for for women in the sector. Indeed, and Mira, your thoughts on the sector then and the future of it? I have to join the join everyone uh, else and say that I'm also very optimistic, uh, just because I see that there are more and more opportunities, especially uh, for the women in the rural areas um, in Croatia. Croatia just I would say recently joined the uh, European uh, Union and uh, things are going uh, much better here. Uh, why am I optimistic also is uh, because I believe that if we give more opportunities for especially women to start their businesses, then if there are more opportunities, then we'll have more women starting businesses. And if we uh, take a look at, at the data and we see the, the data shows that uh, women are more successful in the business. So I believe we can create more successful business environment in the, in the future. And especially in the countries uh, like Croatia, uh, which are uh, still developing, uh, uh, I think this is uh, going to go in the right direction. Indeed. And Getra, your thoughts? I think that it's great that we are willing to see more women in agri agri-food sector. And I wish uh, only good luck to all women who will uh, work in the future in this sector. Thank you so much. And then final words to Macht. So, yes, so for me as well, but I, here then I would like to actually turn this around and actually uh, sort of we can accelerate this and we can all accelerate this. And this is where actually I would like to extend a challenge uh, to all of the men that are uh, listening. Um, step back and listen and really listen uh, to what uh, the needs are. Don't assume uh, that you know what answers might be, but ask. And I think uh, that if uh, we all sort of did that as uh, our three steps, then I think a huge amount can change very rapidly. Thank you all so much. And panelists um, as well, and all of our viewers, as you can see, um, I have my female colleagues um, joining me here. What we'd like to say is that also this moderation, this event has been brought to you by an almost exclusively um, Euractiv team, but also from the EIT food team, they're also almost exclusively women. Um, we would also like to thank all of our male allies at Euractiv. We have three, and obviously you can see EIT does have its allies as well. So to everyone who has been watching today, we really hope that you have enjoyed this discussion that has been brought to you by EIT food in collaboration with Euractiv. Take care and happy International Women's Day. <laughs> Did you like it?